country roads Take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia to the Talking Out Loud Rapid Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Sully, joined by Drew and KT tonight. If you're joining us, you're likely pretty pissed off, and we are pretty pissed off. And so that is exactly why we are doing the Rapid Reaction tonight. Dayton is a loser to LaSalle to start A-10 play. 67-65 on their own home floor. One of the more embarrassing losses I can remember over the last couple of seasons a complete mismanagement down the stretch by Anthony Grant, a complete lack of leadership from the seniors, a lack of production from the seniors, and honestly, just across the board, an effort that makes you scratch your head and wonder what the hell this program is doing right now. To preface this whole game tonight, if you're listening to the podcast, you know that Chase Johnson has decided to leave school for the second year in a row. You know that Elijah Weaver is out tonight. You knew that R.J. Blakeney was out tonight and that our roster was going to look much different than it did in the first couple of games. Well, the roster did look great or different in these first couple of games. And so before I kick it to Drew and KT tonight, I wanted to highlight our tweet of the week. And this is at win underscore stun underscore ing. So it's Winstoning, okay, but the underscores. And he goes by Rory Tin Cup McAvoy. His tweet says, the scariest thought is what would have happened tonight if the guy who arrived on campus four days ago, Mustafa Amzil, he's talking about, did not play. Would Dayton have lost by 15 points? And that is our tweet of the night because it took an absolute barnstorming effort by a kid who has been on campus for four days, a freshman who who we just signed eligible two weeks ago to score 22 points and Dayton still lost a bed shitter to LaSalle that ends their NCAA tournament hopes. It ends their season of doing anything productive. It ends any hope that this season was going to be a return to the A-10 or to the NCAA tournament by the Dayton Flyers. And frankly, if you're listening to this podcast, you know I'll tell it like it is. Tonight's effort was a fucking joke. It was a fucking joke. The loss was a fucking joke. And the fact that a freshman that is straight off on campus had to give us 22 points for us to still lose by two to one of the worst teams in the conference is absolutely unacceptable. And if you are making any excuse for this loss as a Dayton Flyers fan out there right now, and you're listening to this podcast, you you need to reset your expectations for what you are trying to get out of this program. I'm absolutely embroiled by this effort. You look down the stat sheet right now and our three seniors, honestly, Jalen Crutcher finished with 19. It felt like he tried to get buckets when he wanted to, or you know, when he when he put his mind to it at least. My problem with Jalen Crutcher is that he constantly thinks he's the best man on the floor every night without doing anything to prove it. And it is one of those things that has just shown itself over and over and over again this year, where he walks around like the best player on the court, 
and then just doesn't do enough to get his team to victory. And we all said going into this year that Jalen Crutcher was the leader of this team. We said that. That was the expectation. He's the leader. He's the guy to get it done. And he's not getting it fucking done. This loss was embarrassing to the program. All of the momentum that was generated last year is gone. All of the gripes that everyone had about Anthony Grant before last year's season have now all been brought to the surface again, and they are all completely valid. Ibby Watson, nine points on three for 10 shooting, zero for three from downtown. Rodney Chapman coming off a great game against Ole Miss, four points, one for six from the field, 0 for two from three-point land. If I don't want to blame AG, you can blame these seniors because they let a freshman score 22 points and lose to one of the worst teams in the A-10 on their own home floor. This team has no chest. This team has no identity. This team doesn't know what the hell they're doing. They don't know who they are. And boys, I'm going to open the floor up. Drew, you can take your first cracks at it. I, I cannot remember the last time I was this upset about a Flyers effort against a bottom feeder A-10 team that had no fucking business being on the floor with Dayton. They had no business being on the floor with Dayton, had no reason being a close game. And here we are talking about a two-point loss that completely ends a season for Dayton that was fragile. Uh, That's what I have to say to start the show tonight. I got to follow that. So um, I'll start here. It's very disappointing. Uh, the The lack of effort, the lack of, give, quite frankly, the lack of give a shit from our almost our entire team, say for our our Finland reserve here. I, it, Great effort. It, Great like, effort from him. We, we got up, what, 16 to 2, and I was like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to go. Then this is going to be freaking easy. But then they kind of started calling back into the game, and we, turnover, our urgency turnover, didn't really come turnover, back. Turnover, turnover, and, turnover. Yeah, turnover. and then start turning the ball over, and – it, it was it was a bullshit effort. It's a bullshit effort. There's no leadership on the floor, and if there is one, I I haven't seen it. Uh, Rodney Chat, you know Dayton people love the tout that Rodney Chapman's the best defender in the country for some reason. He's very good, but I don't know where this whole like best defender in the country. Well, that didn't fucking show up tonight either. No. Not only was he bad on off offense, he was bad on defense too. Quite frankly, so he's bad all around. It was a bad coaching game from Anthony Grant. And, you know, 22 points from Amzil, 19 from Crutcher. The rest, nothing. And you lose to the LaSalle Explorers for the first time at UD Arena since 1999. So there you go. If you want a, a reason, if you need tangible evidence to figure out why we're so mad and why this shouldn't happen, is bec- that's why. Because we they haven't beaten us on our home floor since 1999, and they beat us tonight. Uh, Kevin, you can you can go next. I haven't been this embarrassed in a long time. Not even just with Dayton. Hot, man. Hot. Not even with Dayton basketball, just with anything. You know, we talk about Mustafa coming in. This can't be said enough. This can't be reiterated enough. He's been on campus for four days. The kid probably doesn't even have, because it's still close for Christmas break, I don't think he probably even has a student ID yet. He doesn't even know what the recplex is. Sure, so not doesn't know what Timothy's bar and grill is. Shout out, Tim's. Uh, and he comes in tonight and drops 22 points. So there's two sides of that. One, shout out to him. Like, you can't make a debut better than that. And I just wish we could have had a full arena because they would have been absolutely losing their minds. Yeah. For a yeah, lot of it, things. But for his debut performance as well, that doesn't happen. 
Okay, that was awesome. On the other side of that, though, the fact that it was a freshman who has been on campus for 20 minutes who just met the team like a few days ago, the, we lost by two after he put up 22 is just horrifying. It's, it's, it's horrific. Can't believe it. So yeah. there's really nothing else I could put on top of what you guys just said. I mean, I, you know, my usual thing is that, and once again, it's hot potato. No one wants to take lead. No one wants to be the leader. Jalen, I love Jalen. I love Crutch, Clutcher. He'll go down as a top 10 favorite Dayton player of all time for me. Sure. I really do. I, and I'm behind him 100% always. But that all being said, what happened to him? Like, Obi left, and it's like his soul left his body, too, with Obi. Yeah, I I hate to um... – He doesn't look like he's even – he kind of like almost like forgets where he is. When he wants to turn it on, you can see it. It comes in those spurts. He'll turn it on, and he'll still be able to squeak out 19 points. But, I mean, yep. if you would have told me he had five points tonight without looking – I, I would have probably believed you. So, like, I, I don't know what what is – where is his inconsistencies coming from? I don't understand. The, the, the best that I can I can say it, KT, and, and here's how I've dissected it, is that every night he goes into the game, every and again, I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. I haven't talked to him. I don't text him. All right? Like, I'm a fan. We have a fan podcast. You know, we do the fan thing, right? I think Jalen's a great guy. He's been a great ambassador for the program. Great point card three years he's been here. He's grown. He's, you know, he's, he's a good player. But we expect him to be the best player on the floor every night. He expects to be the best player on the floor every night. And the problem that I have with him is that he simply just expects to be the best player on the floor every night without really doing anything to prove to you that he is the best player on the floor every night. And and that's what I see. I see a guy that thinks he's better than everybody else. And I, I see a guy that has had a lot of people kissing his ass and now he's buying into it. And that's what I see. I see a guy who goes onto Twitter and he'll be the first person to call someone a clown for, for doubting him. And, and you know what, man? Like, I just don't buy into that. Like, the, the last guy that we always talk about that was such a great leader at the point guard position was Scoochie Smith. He couldn't even have been bothered to hear what everybody had to say about him. And I'm not saying that Jalen Crutcher is overly concerned with what people are saying about him. I'm saying that the narrative around him is something that concerns him. And I just don't even think that he realizes that people – are very hesitant to say that he is even an above average college basketball player without Obi Toppin. And now that they've lost to LaSalle and he couldn't even will them to a victory against LaSalle. Hey, Jalen, I have news for you, bro. Everyone thinks that you're an average a 10 player without Obi. Now, like if they didn't before they do now, wouldn't that motivate you more though? Why does that not motivate him more to be like, I I want to show people that it was, yeah, Obi was a, a UD generational talent, would that not motivate you more if you're Jalen to be like, yo, I'm going to show these people like, yeah, I'm not as good as Obi. Obviously not many people are, but, but I can but still so hold like my own. This, but more so like this. So Drew, here's the question I have to you tonight, because last year we said was an anomaly and it was an anomaly in the form that Dayton's not going to be a number one seed for, for, you know, we're going to be old men before that happens again. Let's just be honest with ourselves. And the reason that we have to be honest with ourselves is because of games like tonight. And I hate to tell fans this, but we're right back to being same old, same old Dayton. Is that, are we almost good enough to get in the tournament? And, and I don't know if people have like forgotten about this because so many people have been kissing our own ass as a program the last like 12 months. But 
before last season, we were the, eh, we'll get to the tournament every now and again, Dayton Flyers. I mean, that's who we are. Like, that's who we've been my whole life for 30 years. And let's put the 2020 season now behind us. Like, we're right back to being that program, right, Drew? Like, is are we not? I mean, yeah, it feels that way. Unless we start seeing some very, very drastic changes from this team that I just don't, just don't, I just don't see that happening. It's lost the fucking list now. Hey, my, I watched the game. My pops. I'm home in Cleveland for the holidays. Happy holidays, by everyone. By the way, no doubt. Happy we year. just, we just laughed on the couch at the at the buzzer. There's nothing else to do. Yeah, I did we too. Just laughed out loud at the TV. Yeah, I did. The LaSalle made that shot and. To go up to, and I audibly laughed out loud. That's like that's where I that's where I was. That's where I was at that point. If in time. As, soon as, got, as soon as he got past Jordy, I knew it was going. In. If we I'm all, yeah, style, sure. as soon I'm as I saw style. Jordy closing out, we had Jordy playing perimeter defense at the end of a game. Uh, anyway, besides that's besides the point. Back to the the one thing I wanted to say about Crutcher is you know he has the nickname Clutcher and all that, and he's made some big shots at end of games before. But the difference between Jalen Crutcher and Scoochie Smith is the ability to impact the game the first 35 minutes, not the last five. Because yeah. Scoochie Smith always felt like he had his fingerprints all over a game, didn't he? Wouldn't you agree? The big ones, for sure. The big yeah. games are when we Talk really needed them. Or when we yeah. needed them. Yeah. Like, Scoochie yeah. Smith's fingerprints were all over the game. You just yeah. haven't seen that from Jalen. Like, yeah. we get into a like we get into a rut, and, you know, Jalen only took 10 shots tonight. Like, you got to be more aggressive, dude. You got to shoot more. Who cares? Like people say it all the time when he takes like a deep three. He's like, oh, that's a bad shot. Oh, that's a bad shot. I don't care if it's a bad shot, dude. You're supposed to be the guy. So go be the guy. Take 22 shots. I don't, if you miss 17 of them, I don't care. Just go out and be aggressive. Try and take the game by the balls. That's what Scoochie did. Scoochie just went out to the, like went out and took the game. And it just feels like Jalen just never wants to go out and take the game. And that's what, that's the frustrating thing about watching them. And then from the program standpoint, yeah, it feels like, it feels a lot like what, what we've always been is here we are again. again. Yes. Hello, darkness, my old friend. It's good to see you again. That kind of thing. And you know what? Like, like I said, hope you would think the guys will look at themselves in the mirror after, after this game and, you know, dust themselves off and come back to work. But uh, will they, they didn't seem, they didn't seem seem too, disappointed and upset walking off the floor after they lost to LaSalle at fucking home. So yeah. like, is that going to happen? I don't know, but you know, we're, but I'm ranting, thing, I'm ranting like, here, but the thing yeah. is, is like, have you guys had fun watching a game yet this year? No, I have. Oh God, no, no. Even my pregame postgame shows, I go, listen, if we have to get through this season, win and ugly, like I'm fine with it. But I've told everybody, friends back home in Pittsburgh who asked me for betting advice or whatever. I'm like, this is not a fun team to watch. It's not. And I I did say this. Um, I do not bet against the boys. I, I have I've only done it once and I got burned one time. So I never I've never done it again. But LaSalle plus 11 and a half was absolutely free money tonight. It was free money. And I get to say that, you know, after the fact here. But yeah, you know, there's there's just a couple of points I took away from the game tonight overall. And, and you know, I got my ran out You're early on in the cast and everything. So let's, you know, move past it a little bit. I just this game, the most concerning part to me overall was that this game reminded me exactly how the Flyers lost every single game in 2019. KT. I want to like agree or disagree with that because 
remember like the Mississippi game, the Saint Mississippi State game rather that year, the St. Louis game, the Rhode Island game in overtime. Like they just lost game after game after game down the stretch that Anthony Grant completely mismanaged. They had bad play calls. And then they ended up missing the tournament completely and they fizzled out against Colorado in the NIT. And frankly, if you had nailed me down right now on this moment after the loss of LaSalle, where is this season headed? I think it's headed in the exact same place that it was in 2019, which is absolutely fucking nowhere. nowhere. I agree with you 100%. And I don't think I'm speaking anything outrageous here when I tell people because tonight was all the proof we needed. We got some dark days ahead this season. A lot of dark days ahead. Hopefully they're not as dark as losing to LaSalle. But the thing that I thought of right away, gents, is was it the first year after Archie left? Maybe it was 2019 on the podcast where we always kept playing that clip from Happy Gilmore. No, it wasn't Happy Gilmore. Um, Waterboy. The, oh, no, we suck again. We suck again. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. the entire game tonight. It just really bothers me when – I am more – the three of us seem more upset right now than anyone on that team did after losing tonight. That's what bothers me the most. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Drew, oh, I mean – Wait, let me, can I – sorry, you asked about Grant. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The floor, you know, it's, it's an open forum I'm not, tonight. It's a sad I'm, open forum, but it's an true, open forum. True, true. You know, I'm not very cerebral with my basketball knowledge. We know this all very well. But what I – I guess I'm having a hard time understanding is how does the coach of the year – Take Obi out of the equation. If you're the coach of the year in every one of those awards last year, what were these plays you were drawing up with these timeouts? <laughs> uh, and oh, and I knew we lost. Though, I knew we lost when Mustafa shot that ball from the three, which he didn't even know. He looked surprised it was being passed to him anyway, and well, it got no, stuck KT, the Let's rim. talk about specifically. Fifty seconds left. UD has the ball. And they didn't get a shot off until there was 31 seconds left on the clock. That I'm sorry, whether you want to come on here and listen yep. to us bash Grant and then you want to defend him, that's fine. That's fine. Like his his late game blunders speak for themselves. So you can defend him all you want, but his late game blunders speak for themselves. Letting Dayton come out of that timeout with 50 seconds and the ball in a tie game and not getting a two for one is absolutely inexcusable. It's inexcusable. It is hmm. Coaching 101, and I just will not listen to a single person get in my mentions tonight or, or just talk to me in general that's going to say, well, you're being so hard on Anthony Grant and the boys. Go Grant. Gee whiz, golly gee whiz, we just lose games like this sometimes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, it's just such fucking BS from this from this fan base, we hear it all the time. They just want to make excuses for our guys. And no, I'm not going to make excuses because Anthony Grant, let me tell you something, listeners. Anthony Grant knows this effort sucks. Jalen Crutcher knows this effort sucks. Ibby Watson, all the way down the lineup. These guys know that effort sucked. They know that they shouldn't have lost to LaSalle. And I guarantee you that every guy on that roster knows, hey, we did not take this game seriously enough. And that's exactly so, what so it was. That, and, and that's 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 all that we're trying to and that's all that we're doing here, which some people don't understand when we talk about Grant is yeah, obviously Grant knows more about the game of basketball than all of us. We, we get that. It, it's the basic one oh one it's the basic one oh one stuff that is where just our minds get blown. That's where we come in with these with these critiques. It's just the most basic things 
that don't make any sense at all. Stuff that we've never seen, you know, high school anywhere. So it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's inexcusable. And, you know, that's a problem across all of college basketball, too, I'll say, is these coaches not knowing when they're in a two-for-one situation and getting their teams to be in a two-for-one situation. But when you have a timeout, you get a, you get your guys in the huddle. You know you're you're talking to your assistant coaches. You look up first thing. The first thing that a coach should do when he's in a timeout of a huddle of a basketball game is look up at the scoreboard and see what is the score and how much time is left and how much time is left on the shot clock if you're playing college or NBA. And from there, if it's under a minute to go in a tie game, you go all right. So we need to get something going to the rim fast here in the first five to ten seconds so that LaSalle can also come back down the court and they have to take a shot before the 30-second shot clock, to whereas Dayton's going to have the ball back with 15 seconds to go. I'm explain, I'm laying this out to people who may not understand what we mean when we say two for one. That's what you mean. You're getting two possessions for LaSalle's one. So, and Anthony Grant completely mismanages the time and score of the game, and it ultimately cost us. Because now, since you take so much time off the clock, LaSalle has the ball with 32 seconds left to where they run the clock all the way down, hit the shot, win the game. And that's... Simple as that. That's the, if you want a reason why we lost, we can we can talk about a whole lot of different things: offensive rebounding, bad shooting, you know, poor effort. Why the game ended up being sixty-seven, sixty-five was completely on the shoulders of Anthony Grant's late coaching error. Hey, but we I think we're riding that near sixty-six point average now for every single game, right? We are. Yeah. Hey, you guys um, want a fun fact? I I will. Um... I can't I can't um, claim this as trivia, so I won't I won't do it. I'm not going to say hit the music or anything because <laughs> this is I'm leading you guys to a to a trivia question. But it was just brought to my attention on the Twitter dot com that in all the years that Brian Gregory coached at the University oh, of Dayton, no. do you guys think he lost to LaSalle at home? No, no I already no, said he it. didn't. No, he didn't. He hey, didn't lose LaSalle. The at one home. thing I gotta just disagree with one thing Drew said. Uh Drew said the first thing that a coach or Anthony Grant should do in a huddle during a timeout. Uh us being a Marianist university, I hope that the first thing he does is lead us in prayer, like a quick Please. prayer before he does something. Please. So Spend that's all I have to say. On. Yeah, exactly. Guys, let's let's shift the focus just like a smidge here. Um, and, and I don't want to, I would rather spend the, the whole rapid reaction. Um, and, and if you're joining us, you're probably pretty mad, whether it is, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, or maybe you're tuning into us on Friday. It's great to have you. It is. Um, you know, I like to think that you guys are coming to us because it's therapeutic for you. And truth be told, it's therapeutic for the three of us to get on this microphone and, and do these types of things. If I don't rant to you guys on the microphone that I've set up conveniently in my home office, I have to rant to my girlfriend who sits on the couch next to me watching games. And and let's be honest, guys, no one wants that. Right? Nobody wants that. Oh, my yeah, therapist she, loves that I podcast now yeah, about yeah, she, in the yeah, Browns. Yeah, yeah. It's just such yeah. a great avenue. It's amazing. Yeah. So she you we'll know, talk she about mental health that. later, though, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, she doesn't want that. I don't want that. You guys don't want that for her. Um, so here we are. Um, but I guess my question here after, you know, a long deep breath and just looking at if if listeners ever wondered what my Twitter timeline is like after stuff like this, it's to the point right now where I can't even read responses because they're coming in. It's, it's such um, such a rapid rate. Here's the thing. 
Um, and, and I and I want each of your perspectives on this question here uh, for the podcast. We'll, we'll do our best to, to be around a half hour here. But, um, you know, Dayton now is is not really playing for an at large bid. Um, let, let's be honest, like that's that's not that's out the window yeah, now. Yeah. We were we were right on the edge of like, you know, being hopeful about all that. And that that's gone now. You know, Dayton's not going to be getting an at large bid in the NCAA tournament unless they wouldn't lose a game for the rest of the season. But we all know the probabilities of that happening. Um, so as we look forward, I, I mentioned to you that the, the 2019 team is who this team reminds me of, right? Because they, they really can't rebound. Uh, they actually have a fairly efficient offense like that team. Um, and they can't close out games worth of shit. I mean, they just really cannot close out games worth of shit. And that was the, the downfall of that 2019 team and why they didn't get into the tournament. Right. So here we are. And I bring that all up because that 2019 team finished third in the a 10. If you guys recall, um, as I look down the A-10, Richmond won a, uh, a close game against Davidson tonight. Uh, St. Louis was off because they had their game against Duquesne canceled. And, um, you know, I'm looking at the teams around like, you know, Rhode Island uh, won a, a close game against Bonaventure today. They haven't really looked that impressive. They've already lost to Davidson. I, I still think that this Dayton team is probably going to finish in the top four of the A-10, which is a crazy thing to say here today. But like I said, they resemble the 2019 team. I believe they're a lot like that team, and that team finished third. So, uh, Drew, I'll go to you first. I mean, where does this team go from here? And and now, as you're resetting your expectation in the rawest of formats here at the Rapid Reaction, I mean, where do you have them? What do you think going forward that that fans should hang on to? Um. Well, the the hired gun of Mustafa Amzil for one. Uh, Look damn good. You know what? We've been rightfully so very angry letting the hate flow out of us a little bit like you said therapeutic but lost what's going to be lost in all this is just the performance of Mustafa Amzel and just how good he looked tonight I mean this kid looks like a a gem of a find like do you disagree I like he showed me everything that I needed to see from him tonight no yeah no I I I will say that like that you know I I really um, I wasn't making like an Oreo positive, negative, positive sandwich on tonight's podcast. I, I wanted it to be scathing because I felt that it, it was scathing, you know, it needed to be scathing rather. Um, but, you know, let, let's talk about the, the positive. Amzo looked damn good. He had a soft touch around the rim. He had great post moves, looked a little lost on defense from time to time. But, you know, that's going to happen when you're in your first game. But the raw offensive skills. They were there, Drew. I saw him. Yeah, they definitely were. And the defense, yeah, he had some defensive lapses. But the one thing I do like about him defensively is that he's active. He always has his hands up and his head is always moving. And those are things that you want to see from someone who, and like you said, you're going to have breakdowns. It's, again, he's been on campus for like 50 hours. But you, like you said, the raw offensive tools are there. And that looks like he's going to be a good player for us. And you get Weaver back, you get Blakeney back. I kind of agree with you. I, I think the 19 team is a good comparison for them. They're going to have nights when they get hot and they play well, and they may beat a team that we don't think they're going to beat. But then they're, we're also capable of stepping into a gym with one of the bottom four and putting up a stinger performance and losing. So there's no gimmies in this league, but I also don't think there's a team that we can't beat. So tonight we lost any sort of shit talking we have 
for the rest of the season because we lost to LaSalle. So to Drew's point, yes, we now know we could lose to a bottom four team at any point this season. Hopefully we don't. Silly, where we go from here? Uh, well, I won't be going anywhere because I'll be dead if we lose any of our next two games against George Mason or Fordham because then after that we have Davidson. I think to feel uh, – I don't want to say confident or even better. We need to win these next two games. I mean, I mean, yeah. the only way to feel maybe yeah. just a, a little better is if we blow them out by 30 points a game. Other than that, right. it's kind of like – You know the rule, KT. If we lose to Fordham, we got to shut the show down. And my life down. Yep. Wait, yeah, yeah, it's been, I've had, I've loved knowing you guys, but I'm kidding, mom. Yeah, that would be uh, hard. Question, can I throw it back to you guys? Because what you Please just said, do. Drew, you know, he's been on campus for 50 hours. Doesn't even know where Tim's is at. Shame. He's he been will. on campus for 20 minutes. Granted, he's a different athlete, different position, whatever. He puts up 20 whatever points tonight. Is that more of an indictment against Chimichanga in Sissoku? Like, what are these two doing? What's going on? We're, we're a few games into the season now. It's not just the first game of the year. We could be like, oh, we'll see what happens. Uh, they're clueless, and they're doing nothing out there. Talk to me. Explain this to me. I, I mean, the the one thing that I can really say is that I, I've been very surprised this year at the reluctancy of the seniors to take control of a game at any given time. Um it's it's been really glaring to me is that it, it comes in spurts. It's not really consistent, and um and and here's the thing, Jalen Crutcher the last couple of years was um you know he he was the Robin you know to to Obi's Batman, and I always say that the um the the task of a great player or sorry, the burden of a great player is that he makes others around him better. And it's, it's true on the basketball floor. It's true for a quarterback in football. It's true for hockey players. Um, you know, I, I, I use Pittsburgh analogies a lot cause that's who I am, but you know, Sidney Crosby has been one of the greatest hockey players of all time, not because of how great he is, but because of how he elevates those around him. And last year, Obi was a transcendent talent because he was good on the floor, but additionally, that he elevated the play of everyone around him from the passing to the spacing to, you know, to getting easy buckets himself. And I don't think that either of you would disagree with that sentiment. My problem with this senior class is that they do not make each other better. They don't. Rodney Chapman makes great defensive plays in a bubble. He makes great steals and then he'll go to the rack and he'll drive. Okay. Great play. Fine. Jalen Crutcher's good at ISO ball and pulling up from deep outside the arc. Well, it's a good play. Sometimes it works. Fine. Ibby Watson's good at taking people off the dribble, maybe pulling up and getting to his spots on mid range jumpers. Well, you know, that's good play, but doesn't really make anybody on your team any better. I don't think that these three seniors make each other better by playing with each other. And I think that now as it's starting to unravel and as the excuses are pouring in from this fan base, as they always do, people don't want to face the reality that these three seniors don't make each other better. And this isn't a glue unit. This isn't a well-constructed unit. This is a unit that is figuring out possession by possession um, and they don't have an identity. And that that's the long form of what I wanted to say. 
That's the whole thing right there, Sully and Drew, is that this team has no identity. It's an island of misfit toys, right? Every game, we've seen a whole new lineup. We got guys that are going out now either permanently or temporarily, or we have no idea where they are. Every single game has been a completely different team. That being said, I'm, we're eating a lot of humble pie tonight. I'm going to give credit where it's due. Uh, I don't think LaSalle missed a shot for like 20 minutes tonight. Yeah. If I'm LaSalle, if I'm, I'm dancing all over Dayton's graves tonight. We're yeah. realists. We, we under, like, in, you know, they, people always say Dayton, you know, Dayton's a, a basketball city. They're, they're intelligent basketball people. We're not like those hillbillies down south in our conference <laughs> slash elsewhere who don't understand basketball and just want to be homers all the time. Um, hats off to LaSalle. I would be, I would be dancing all over Dayton tonight. All five of their fans. Oh, yeah. At LaSalle. Oh yeah! If you're, it, I mean, come on, you Browns fans know that is when you you win Please, a game. I, and hey, right. hey, hey why, a not right now. Not right. Yeah, no, I'm not not no. Browns into this, okay? <laughs> I've had enough torture and dark place for one night with one of my teams. Well, it's right. great radio. Sunday, I've got deal with one team days. at a time. Says my therapist, and that's we can't do both <laughs> in one podcast. <laughs> All right, I get it. I get it. I'm sorry, guys. Sunday's Sunday's a long way off. Um, well, here's the thing, guys, we'll, we'll wrap up tonight. We like to keep these a little bit short and to the point. Um, Drew, I, I know you have a little bit more to weigh in tonight before I kind of wrap things up and put a bow on it. So, so weigh in. Uh, I mean, it's, this one sucks. It's embarrassing. It was disappointing. Uh, but the, our hero from Finland is here. If you want, if you want one positive to take away from it is that we, we get to watch that guy suit up in a Dayton basketball uniform for God willing four more years. So other than that, disappointing night. Thank you for listening. Despite all of our just scathing, scathing heat coming out of our, our mouths tonight. We do appreciate you all listening and following along. We do. We absolutely do. Um, we will get to final thoughts before we do that. Um, have to inform you on, on some things coming up since you're listening to the show. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be releasing an episode with the boys from George Mason. Uh, I actually pre-recorded that before the LaSalle game, thinking that there's no possible way that UD could lose to LaSalle. Um, so I talked to the George Mason boys, and I'm going to release that Thursday morning, and they Those will... Good dudes. Yeah, they're great dudes, they're and they dudes. actually were, were quite scathing about their own program and how they're done with their coach. We're certainly not done with our coach at Dayton. We, we do love our coach, let's be honest here, but absolutely he, he makes us makes us scratch our heads a lot um some dipshit on twitter just told me i'm completely clueless so uh before i i rant again uh to the stupid people that love to flood my mentions when we win a game or lose a game rather i uh, it's, it's pavlovian right there um you know george mason episode coming out on thursday we got a quick turnaround we'll have a recon for you for george mason game on saturday mid-afternoon game on nbc sports um, it's a good bounce back game, but when you lose to LaSalle, you can't really take any opponent for granted besides Fordham, basically. And luckily, we have George Mason and Fordham, two of the A-10's worst. George Mason pulled out a triple overtime win against UMass tonight uh, to get their first win in conference. UMass continues to be a dumpster fire, but, you know, Mason was just a little bit less of a dumpster fire. So they're coming into town. That is Saturday, I believe, 430 Eastern on NBC sports boys. Uh, it's been a tough one. One of the most challenging podcasts we put together. The rapid reaction is new to us. Uh, but here we are, you know, you know, giving our thoughts and, and breaking it down a little bit. 
but final thoughts must be shared. KT, I'll let you go first, then we'll get to Drew. Final thoughts for the evening. We are still, and this is very obvious, and it's it's in dispute, the class of the A-10 from the university itself, from and other fan bases give a shit for talking about it. Uh, but yeah, that mammoth arena of ours, the program, the reputation, the coaching, the talent, we are the cream of the crop. We are the best there is program-wise in the A-10, despite tonight. So we got to think, uh, you know, 2020, if anything, nothing should be hurting any of us anymore at this point after 2020. Uh, tonight sucked. Tonight was embarrassing. Like Drew mentioned, I pray to God we get it, it, at least two or three years out of Mustafa after he came in and after a few hours saw the team that he's now playing with. So hopefully they wake up, get it together, and we see some some bounce back because these next couple of games – Silver linings, though, look, it's all about making yourself feel better after these things. I'm going to go find online somewhere, whatever quarter zip, that black quarter zip Grant was wearing tonight is the greatest Dayton quarter zip I've seen maybe ever. So I'm going to go buy one of those, feel good, go to bed, try to forget about it. And yeah, so stop listening to these people from other fan bases on Twitter. Stop responding to them. Stop even acknowledging it. They're so far below us. It's not even funny. Um, That's all I got. Go Flyers. Yet another awesome one that I get to follow up. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take too much time here. Uh, I've said what I need to say about Dayton and what they do moving forward. I officially opt out of my UMass top four prediction. Sully, take us home. I, I will take us home. This has been one of the most challenging podcasts that I've ever put together for the site. Um, the rapid reaction segment is fairly new, um, and uh, I really didn't didn't foresee this being something that we had to come on the mic and discuss a loss to LaSalle, who is just a a deplorable offensive team. If you find yourself making excuses tonight or like this team's going to be all right, or the future is going to be fine. It's, you know, you just got to reset yourself. We're like, we're at a time now being Flyers fans where anything less than a tournament berth every year is unacceptable. And, And we're now back in that, that land where being a Dayton fan is all about let's just be a little bit good enough to get in. And that's who we've been my whole life, 30 years. That's who we've been. So if that's who you want to keep being, if that's the Dayton program that you want to keep being, then I implore you tonight to keep making excuses for Grant's misgame management. Keep making excuses for the lack of production by the seniors. Keep making excuses for the lack of preparation keep making excuses for this team because if you keep making excuses for this team, the Dayton Flyers program will remain exactly where it is, exactly where it was before 2020 and exactly where we feel like we are right now, which is a program that has based itself on being just good enough. And I thought last year that maybe, maybe it would get us over the hump to stop being a just good enough program And tonight, it brought me back down to reality that maybe we are not as close to getting over that hump as we think. My episode tomorrow with George Mason, the guys talked about how we are becoming the Gonzaga of the Midwest. Becoming. And I hate to tell all the fans on this program, but the Gonzaga of the Midwest doesn't lose to fucking LaSalle. So if you are going to be on this program and you're going to take the ride with us and you want us to raise the expectations of this program to be a year in, year out, tournament contending program, there is no more losing to teams and programs like LaSalle. 
That is the clearest that I can put it to people. And I know that this message will just not get to the ears that it needs to get to, but it's said otherwise. So rest in peace, basketball doing of Chase Dirt Road Johnson. We have to send you on the road back to West Virginia. You have left our program for the second time in two years. I do wish him all the best. I wish him nothing but health, absolutely health, physical health, absolutely. all the health for Chase Johnson. He's been a great guy. All I've ever heard about him was such a nice guy. But him not being on the team hurt so bad tonight, and it will hurt so bad the rest of the season because you don't replace 20% of your production and 35 minutes a night with just anybody. And uh, the future does look bright for the Dayton Flyers, but tonight it looks dark and there's no excuses, and it's going to be dark until the Flyers take the court Saturday against George Mason. Thanks for being with us. This is a rapid reaction for KT and True. I am Sully. You're listening to Talking Out Loud, and we will catch you next time right here. Just keep doing two things for us. Wear red and stay loud. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia. in my Yesterday